0: Uh, because that's that's the worldly thinking, is, is the more things you have, the more your life is full, right? And so we go shopping and what do we do, but uh, bring more things home so that our life is more filled. We fill our houses with uh, things. We fill our lives with possessions, thinking that possessions give us life.
1: What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Does planning for the future mean you don't trust that God will provide? That's the question Adam Curry and I asked Dr. Chris Krogan and Lars Olson as we discuss the parable about inheritance in the middle of Luke chapter 12. Spoiler alert, it's about where your heart is. Are you worshiping the created thing or the creator? The abundance of your life comes from God, not from the treasure that you've stored up for yourself. Inheritance, money, and greed are all incredibly important topics for today's conversation. But first, here's Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, Who sent me to be a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have both of Lars Olson and Dr. Chris Grogan with us this week. Thanks for being here, both of you.
2: Great to be here. It's a pleasure
0: as always.
3: So we are um, in Luke 12, and I've got to say, I really, uh, I'm not sure about it so far.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> because What aren't you sure about?
3: Um, all I'm hearing is law, and I... I don't know. Thankfully, I'm a sinner saved by God's good grace because I don't hear the gospel in this right now, especially from that last line that Mason just read. Um, I I don't know. All I can hear is law. And I know there's a little bit of context in chapter 12, yep. um, trying to lay out a little bit of what's going on with the Pharisees and yeah, everything so like that, that. What is that?
2: That's really important because... The fact that you're hearing this as law is exactly the caution Jesus lays out at the beginning of chapter 12. Because at the beginning of chapter 12, so this whole chapter, actually you need to take the whole chapter in context, which is why often we just put the context ahead of it. Because when you sometimes just chunk out a pericope like this, you can hear it and not know what Jesus has been talking about up to this point. So in chapter 12, the beginning of it, he says, be weary or watch out be cautious for the leaven of the Pharisees. And leaven of the Pharisees is to bring the law to bear in your conscience and have yourself think exactly what you're thinking. Wow, this is heavy law. Oh god is law. Then as it moves through, Jesus says the blaspheming of the holy spirit and we've talked about this in the past, the holy spirit, to blaspheme the holy spirit is to say Christ is not capable of forgiving your sin. Mm-hmm. That's the blasphemy, is that your sins aren't forgiven for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. And so why is that blasphemy? Why is that the, the, um, the uh, damnation? Because if you don't believe Christ can forgive your sin, s- your sin remains. So you've made Christ into a Moses and not into mercy, which is exactly what Jesus, that's why it's good, Kerry, for you to say. Sounds like the law, unless you know exactly what Jesus says he came to be and do.
4: So that's a good introduction, Dr. Corbin. The, uh, just to get right into the text then, someone in the room or in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. So uh, uh, they're seeking him for yeah. uh, uh, employing him to be like a... To be Moses. Yeah, to be Moses. To, yeah, to be a teacher. Yeah. Right, because again, teachers
2: are there to give advice. That's why you have a teacher. Advice is always in the law. So is Jesus there to help you along in the law? Jesus is, um, you know, so you, yes. you, it's, it's the tell of the, the, the person the crowd you, is exactly what your voice was carrying. Boy, I need some help in the law here. It just seems like the law to me. So I'm hearing this as the law, which is what Jesus cautioned.
4: Mm-hmm. Don't
2: go with the leaven of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. But
1: I, and again, I just love that in the text... It says teacher. Yep. In just that one singular word, you can tell exactly where this person is coming from.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're, you're right away, and
1: then... This person is Kiri. Yep. But, but, it, but
2: <laughs> it's, it's, our, it's our natural so sweet. hearing of these things, because when you hear what's going to seem like an imperative or an admonition, which there are words of imperative and admonition coming out of Jesus' mouth here, our immediate reaction is, Jesus says, jump. We say, how high? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And that's how we'll often hear. Mm-hmm. That's actually what
0: this this man from the crowd is coming to Jesus to do, right? He sees him as an authority. Yep. And he says, teacher, uh, I know you're going to give good advice and you might be impartial and you might not know all the details that are going on, but uh, can you please divide the inheritance with me fairly? Yeah. It, uh, my brother seems to not be taking my side on this. There's something going on, but c- you, you could help with this, yeah, right? And yeah. make this all fair and good.
4: It, like persuade my brother, because <laughs> Persu- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not able to, and you seem to be of authority and of stature right. and respectability. And- it,
0: it doesn't even tell us anything about this, yeah, right? Yeah. Jesus doesn't uh, even take the bait. Mm-hmm. He doesn't jump in and say, sure, I've got some good advice. I know how to handle these things. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, bring me your brother and t- plead your case. <laughs> uh, he just says, uh, I'm not your judge. Nobody made me your arbiter. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say
3: it. He asks the question to be
1: cheeky. <laughs> to be cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who Jesus me? often doesn't start his his replies with friend. Friend, who, who set me apart to be a judge <laughs> or arbiter or over you? Right.
2: And also, but the key in there also is the inheritance because the idea here, and this is, again, leading up to this in chapter 12, Jesus is talking about that you are going to be sustained by your father. Mm -hmm. And so this is what's going on here. And then the person says, no, I'm going to be sustained, you know, by what I'm given in this life in cash or in money or in property or in something like that. So Mm -hmm. I am looking for my inheritance. I don't need daily bread. I need that which was... Mm-hmm. Um, owed to me through the family goods
0: mm-hmm. and because because the more you have, of course, then the more life you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's that's the worldly thinking is is the more things you have, the more your life is full, right? And so we go shopping, and what do we do but uh, bring more things home so that our life is more filled? We fill our houses with our things, we fill our lives with possessions, thinking that possessions give us life. Mm-hmm. And the inheritance is a possession that he thinks he's owed, has earned, or something like this. And so Mm -hmm. he's forgetting that an inheritance is a gift and that life itself is a gift from God's hand. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: That
0: possessions don't create life. God gives both life and
1: possessions to us. Possessions fill your life, but it's Jesus who fulfills your life. (laughs) Um.
2: (laughs)
3: What a line!
1: Yeah,
2: (laughs) again, (laughs) uh, we're gonna get to that because this is gonna be the treasures in heaven. Yeah, so we'll unpack that. I think there's maybe something you can play on words there, but let's just see where this goes. (laughs) But
0: but Jesus turns it around instead of saying, uh, "Hey, how are we gonna get some fairness here?" He's he turns that right into uh, an accusation of greed. Yeah, right. Look how your you look how you are bringing me this this dispute uh of some sort, and uh really he turns right around and says uh that's showing your greed yeah. everybody beware there's the yeast of the Pharisees uh to defend yourself against those things by saying that's not fair for us and to to turn this right back into the law instead of saying um, uh oh no, 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 there's going to be something
2: more going on and so this is why when jesus sits there says who uh who set me to be judge in other words Am I Moses for you? Mm -hmm. And that's a key piece again. You know, is Jesus here to be merciful, to forgive sin, or is He here to say jump this high? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to be getting at, which is why, which is why Mason actually fulfills you. Some people would say fulfills you by giving how high to jump. So you have to be careful about how that might be. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So as Lars was saying, uh, Jesus seems to as he often does talk on a different plane or sort of like enlarging what's act, what's actually happening, yep. take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. So he's mm-hmm. naming this as, as greed. Yep. So be on your guard. This is, uh, um,
2: uh, the same word as it's keep or preserve yourself or preserve. Mm-hmm. That's what this word means in the Greek, which actually is, um, Defend it with your whole life, all mm-hmm. right? Now, defend with your whole life not to be chasing after, which we're going to hear about, treasures on this earth. Why? Because they will consume you, and then they will be lost. And this is what Jesus is going after. They will become your idol. They will become your sense of security. And then when rust, moth, thief show up, mm-hmm. there goes your God. hmm. So this is part of the reason it's, it, it's not going to be that, um, uh, it won't be get rid of all your possessions. Don't idolize that which is made. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get this later on when we talk about um, um, later on with the word fool. But this is, again, as we've come back to, Paul knows the scriptures inside and out, which Jesus is constantly citing. And it's in Romans 1, and it is, they worshiped. The created thing or the creature rather than the creator. That's what's going on here. Be on your guard not to worship the created thing. Mm -hmm. That would be the greedy thing.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, And to worship there is to put your trust in your stuff, right, Uh, rather than put your your trust in God who... Uh, was provided these things. And so that's exactly the parable that he tells, right? Is I've worked so hard. I've stored up so many things. My, my barns are full. My grain elevators are overflowing. What am I going to do next? Oh, I've, I've arrived. Mm-hmm. I've got the full life, right? I have to do nothing
2: more.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and so as we move through this text then, you know, so life isn't a consist of abundance of possessions, but then the word abundant comes in in this parable, which I think is an interesting thing. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. Now, note what's producing abundantly. The land, Mm -hmm. not the rich man, Mm -hmm. isn't producing abundance. And that's the key. God's good creation produces abundantly. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: And then what what do we do? I'm going to store up because maybe God's creation won't be abundant the next time around. Mm. Or maybe I need to use this to my advantage as opposed Mm -hmm. to saying, thank you, God. Mm -hmm. And so this is a key thing, the land produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, what should I do? Store up my crops? I will do this, I'll put down barns and large ones, store up my grain and my goods, and say, now here's where it starts to
4: flip for the guy.
2: My soul, Mm -hmm. he starts thinking about himself, Mm -hmm. and he starts thinking about how he's going to do this. (laughs)
4: <laughs> so this sounds as if, and I think it is what you're saying, Dr. Krogan, uh, it's an act of unfaith to mm-hmm. prepare for the future, to, um, to store uh, uh, food and barns for later. Um,
2: it's an act of unfaith to think that you can control the future. hmm that you don't have a future without your activity, Mm -hmm. that your activity determines your future. Those are acts of unfaith. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's an act of unfaith to prepare something, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's not an act of unfaith, but it's an act of unfaith to think that
4: your preparations are going to be what sustains you. Mm -hmm. Because he says that, uh, my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years, which is uh, my preparations. He he thinks his work uh, uh, is going to... Keep him alive. Promised him the future. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. His trust of the future is in his work. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the things he has earned, the things that he has stored up. Yep.
0: And so, but that's what I'm saying is the the pinnacle of of the goal of people, and I think that's what you're getting at, Adam, is to store up enough so that you can. Retire and so. then uh, take it easy, and have so much that your life actually is producing, or your th- your things are producing your life, mm-hmm. so, and that's what the the act of unfaith is is to say, oh my gosh, look how well I prepared. I mm-hmm. could I could weather a storm. I could go through a market downturn, and uh, and all, I've got enough stored up for years. I can make it, mm-hmm. rather than to say, uh, God
4: gives me everything I need. Today, tomorrow, and always. I bought two huge things of diapers the other day, oh for <laughs> next week, and uh-huh. I might have to take it back. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Just to be, <laughs> I, uh, I think
0: it's a good thing, Adam, to have enough diapers uh, to get through the uh, week. Uh, but if, you're, if your God is the diaper, yeah. uh, that's going to be pretty messy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay,
3: go more into that, because right now I'm hearing you tell me that I should not try to be financially independent, and I'm not happy about it.
0: Uh, I did not say that. I don't think Chris said that either. But um, that's
3: what I'm hearing.
0: That's what you're hearing because as a sinner. Because you.
3: So th- explain that better, more, differently.
2: Here, here's what's happening: is your heart is the barometer in which we're going to figure out um, what you trust. So you sit there and say, "I." Or this is kind of what Lars was getting at. Um, Adam trusts because he has so many diapers, so he's not, you know, they're, they're not going to run into a problem. Well, his trust is in his diapers, not that God has provided abundantly <laughs> that he would be able to provide for others. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. diapers is kind of a, a bit of a challenging example because you bought the diapers for somebody else. Yeah. Right. This isn't your own, you know, <laughs> you're yeah, <laughs> <laughs> No. no. I mean, you're not as old as I am, so you want it for somebody else. Right? So, anyway, but uh, so, so what we're talking about is being financially independent. Um, if you think that your financial independence is what's going to sustain you and get you through this life, mm-hmm. that's the problem. Yeah. If you think God is providing for you so that you need not be a burden to others, that is to say, you know, you don't have to live in your parents' basement anymore and eat Cute. their food because you're not able or willing to go out. But you're actually saying, hey, you know, God has provided for me food, clothing, home, family, work, income, good weather, good government. These are the daily breads. And you sit there and say, now note, daily bread, that's being financially independent, then you're, you're fine. But if you say, no, everything I've done is going to keep me alive, note who's the actor and then that's where you're—you've trusted in that which was created, not
1: the God who's providing. Mm-hmm. So it's really so it's not so much of a, you must save fifteen percent of your income in order for you to be financially independent when you retire and have a nest egg, so that way you're not a burden. Blah blah blah. Um, it's trusting that God's providing enough for you today, and trusting that God's going to provide enough for you in the future, so that way when you have your retirement nest egg and you have made preparations, it is for God's glory. It's God yeah. giving to others.
2: Yeah, but, but you, you can't do this without sin. That's the key. If you start thinking that my activity with God's abundance, now note, I went to my activity. Mm-hmm. Everything I do is sin. So yes, Adam. Buying two weeks of diapers is sin. It doesn't mean God doesn't use your sin for your neighbor's benefit.
0: It's also good advice, which is okay to take. Uh, to, good investment advice, so that there, so that there can be an abundance around is not a bad thing. It's just not a guarantee that of life that God is uh, yeah. that God yeah. is giving
4: us. Who secu- who secures the future exactly? Exactly.
2: And if you're okay. trusting that the law is going to get you through things, that would be the advice. Then we are now mm-hmm. in trouble. Right. And so that's kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah.
4: So okay. thank uh, you. My soul, yeah. soul, you have ample uh, goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool. <laughs> uh, maybe we can just
3: love when he does say this. So,
4: yeah. What, I mean, you've got uh, a, a nice. We maybe know? already have said it, but maybe we just say, "What's? Why is he say, You fool? Yeah.
2: Well, rakah would be, would be um, the word here. And Note uh um it's an important passage because this is where Paul again back in Romans one, uh just life I would just want to quote um from Paul Romans one. For all they though they knew God, they did not honor him or give thanks to him. So this is what's going on here. He didn't believe that the abundancy came from God and then just lived in that. He thought his work was doing something. Mm-hmm. So Paul goes on did not honor him or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. Oh, look at how good of an investor I was. I bought Bitcoin. They were made fools. (laughs) Crack. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, you think that you've won in the law. Okay? Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. In other words, they became idolaters. They worshipped that which was created as opposed to, that is to say they gave thanks, they gave honor, they trusted that which was created as opposed to the creator who gave it to them. Mm -hmm. And so this is why you fool this very knife. Your life is being demanded of you. You weren't in control of it. Mm -hmm. You didn't predict this. Mm
4: -hmm. So this is what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And the things you have uh, prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures from themselves, but are not rich toward God. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, the the question would naturally be, uh, what's it mean to store up a treasure for oneself?
2: Um, This is, and we're going to get to this um, in the next week's text, is treasures stored up in heaven. And so for storing up treasures for yourself is putting your trust in your security of mammon. And this is what Luther says is the greatest God that we have is our mammon, a uh, false God. And so you store all this up thinking, ah, I've got enough, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the cancer diagnosis hits mm-hmm. or all of a sudden the car crash hits and all this kind of stuff. And so, Mammon is money. Yep, mammon I mean, is money, your, your possessions, possessions, right? And so, you know, for what? were you putting all of this trust into as opposed to the one who actually is giving you daily life and so that those are those who store up treasures for themselves are, are doing this
0: mm-hmm. i think it's really about putting the treasure into your into yourself making yourself the treasure mm-hmm. um, about saying how much i earn how much i have how much uh, is me and that that you become your own treasure right this would be not just storing up mammon, but also maybe working on yourself, uh, improving yourself so that, so that the, the treasure becomes more gleaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it all ends in death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, goes, what goes on beyond death?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Nothing. Life.
0: Your money, your possession, those things, those things of this world that, that this man is asking about all come to an end. Even the inheritance, right, uh, finally for you goes no further. Mm-hmm. And so death becomes that, that end point. It doesn't matter how much you've worked on yourself. It doesn't matter how much you've stored up. It doesn't matter how much relaxation you've uh, put into your life. It all finally ends right there. And to, to say that those are eternal treasures, that's the foolishness of things. To, to put so much effort into this temporal life, this this this. This life that comes to an end rather than to say, uh, "My treasure
4: is with God mm-hmm. so we have this uh, last phrase then uh it's again the twenty first verse so the, so it is with those who store up treasures from themselves but are not rich towards God right. And Kiri at the very begin, the beginning of the episode said, this all sounds like law. And I think she might say, this also sounds like law. Right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yep. Uh, so what's this What does thing? it mean to be yeah. rich
2: towards God? Well, a lot of people think that all you, know, you give God is due, which is true, right? That's being rich towards God. But what does God expect from you? What do you owe God? What you owe God is exactly what he demands, which is faith. And faith is that you trust what he said he will do. And what did Jesus came to do? This is why the beginning of chapter 12 is important here. He didn't come to expect the world from you. He came to expect you to trust that he's mercy. Mm -hmm. And so there's two words that are giving God his due. The first is, Lord, have mercy. That's the first word expected out of you to fulfill the first commandment. Lord, have mercy. Why is that an important word for you to say? Because it's you saying, God, you promised to have mercy. So you send it to the right address. The second word after you've received that mercy or after you've received his abundance that is commanded of your life, which is going to be thank you. And thank you is that word that comes after you've received the abundance of God. The rich man received abundance through the land. You received abundance of his mercy through Christ, forgiveness of all your sin, and then eternal life. That's being rich towards God, saying those two things.
0: Yeah. Isn't it amazing that the riches of God are just handed over to you? His (laughs) kingdom, all that he has is given to you. In these simple words, your sin is forgiven. There is the treasury of God given over to you so that you can say, you have been merciful, merciful. Thank you.
1: And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan and Lars Olson for teaching us that God is providing for you in abundance, both today and in the future. It's not an act of unfaith to prepare for the future. It's an act of unfaith to think you can control the future or that you don't have a future without your activity. Like the man trying to store up his crops to secure his future, remember what Dr. Krogan said in our conversation. Your heart is the barometer in what you trust. God is the one who secures your future in abundance. Luther House of Studies' mission is to strengthen Lutheran leadership and ministries for the proclamation of the gospel. We wouldn't be able to serve current and future ministry professionals as well as members of the church without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send Sarah Stenson an email at sarah.stenson at That's sarah.stenson at lutherhouseofstudy.org. You can find her email in the show notes, or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God will secure your future in abundance. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.